0: Shoot sure. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the hurt circus i'm your host nicholas ridiculous aka nick ridic a.k.a the purple hyena what the fuck is up here we are <laughs> motherfucker motherfucker 2021 ain't much changed those classic false finish lines never really change anything but alas we thrive on Thrive? Thrive. Mm. It's hard to say that we're almost um, a year into this shit, you know? Our core anniversary's coming up. It's been so long and so quick at the same time. The lack of activity or action in life makes it seem so long and short at the same time. That classic duality, you know? I Just... I feel like instead of a midlife crisis, everyone's just going to have a quarantine crisis soon. And it's going to be, I think I'm already kind of starting to feel it. It was best to this podcast called Bad Friends. ended, you know, with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. And it's just, you know, I've been, comedy's been pretty important through these times. So I have a good, healthy diet of just comedy podcasts that I have to fucking just take in, you know, at least one a day. Keep the darkness away. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the latest episode. Bobby Lee just had this moment where he just came out and he just like, you know, he's just like, what the hell are we doing? Just basically, it's just the perfect portrayal of where I'm at just every morning now, where it's like, what's, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Does anyone anymore? I don't know. I don't know, I can't remember what life was before this. I don't know if there's just gonna be a life after or if this is just it. You know, it's like, just losing hope. (laughs) (laughs) But also, you know, some people have it a lot worse at least have like work, but even that is like, it seems so meaningless when there's no, it just seems so, I don't know, maybe it's just lack of self-discipline or just that lack of separation. I don't know, it's making life hard, because life and work are just constantly, it feels like at war with each other, you don't know where one ends and the other begins and vice versa, and it's almost just like overwhelming, so you don't do any of it but it's different when it comes to work because it's like that you have to do so it's like no matter what it's forcing myself like the last week or so i've just been two weeks probably i've having, been having to like rebuild this framework but to do that i have to like go back and basically re have to read all of the work cited resources and shit like that and basically build an annotated bibliography and then rebuild the framework from that for this project. So it's just been a lot of like research, a lot of reports, reading reports, long reports. And they're all kind of like a lot of them were written by the same dude. So a lot of it was just the same stuff over and over, which is good, you know, to learn. But also like, especially when it's like, it's cool to see how it, like it connects to like, a lot of the stuff I had written about for the original framework was a lot of these points that these reports were talking about in regards to, like, how to stop youth homelessness and how to best create programs to create transitional housing for youth coming out of, like, the foster care system and shit like that. So just reading through, like, just kind of, like, your, your experience, your own experience, you know, and, like, just how it all correlates and just reliving a lot of the same feelings and things and especially when you're going through like the theories of like you know like attachment theory and um interpersonal 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 methodology so yeah no and it was like just reading about basically all your faults and failures and just how the systems fail and having someone describe all the things you lived through from like a weird weird angle you know, it just felt weird. Because it's like these people aren't... The way they talk about it is just like nitpicking these facts from people who have lived through it and then just splaying it out. It felt gross. Especially just having to do it over and over and over again. But it all like... It all came around to the same points of like the system. The system just creates this inability in people when they're forced to go through it. And it's... a lot of A lot of work is needed to repair it. Especially with like just being able to make connections and build relationships and just not turn life into this kind of lonely transactional place where you grow up in this system and in these environments where all your relationships are pretty much people's jobs they're not actual relationships whatever those are see it's hard for me to even Go into it because it's like I'm, I'm i'm one of these people so it's like my idea of relationship is already corrupted so it's hard to even know how to talk about a relationship when i it's like maybe i can see it but i don't know how it moves or works but i can understand how how it can be misunderstood in that way because you just don't have i don't know especially when your relationships weren't never allowed so it's a weird I guess it's something I'm still trying to figure out myself, where it's, I don't know, how do you build the foundation for relationships on not being allowed to love the ones you're supposed to, and the ones who take their place are just like landlords almost, you know, for children, especially because you just crave it so much, right? But it's so hard to crave something you don't know how to hold. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what a lot of these, um not from this standpoint, you know, this is a frontline standpoint from the safety of the bunker. They write about it as, you know, these loss of connections and uh, dependence on transactional relationships and just not, it all kind of like, it's all like roots to a tree and without any of the roots, the tree is just so weak, can't hold itself up. So we've been rebuilding this framework, basically all I had to say, I've had to read these reports. We build this annotative bibliography, get all the the juicy points, the important bits to us and kind of make sense to what we're trying to do with this project then start rewriting the whole thing, basically on a foundation of like rebuilding the ability to recognize um create and maintain relationships with ourselves and each other like start with understanding your relationships and attachments of the past to then try and understand how we can fix it for now and then learning how to you know connect those relation those relationship skills to building community and then let me get my notes out one second yeah so it's relationships of the past development work on Interpersonal methodology for developmental relationships now. Then we work on community development, positive youth development, expansion of programming to youth projects. So it's expanding on it. And this all kind of just continually builds on the young people's sense of self and their confidence as they're moving up step through step, like, you know, understand the relationships of where they came from to so then work with a developmental relationship through like a mentor who might also be someone of lived experience who's gone through this process already and they're they're coming through the other side of providing support which is a process of or well, stage of developmental relationships so that you know yeah so and that leads to the community development positive youth development expansion of projects and social inclusion paddock pedagogy (laughs) understanding the common third youth voice and choice advisory body curriculum design and programming together to each housing complex edi equality equality diversity and inclusion (laughs) so it's basically read all these reports done all this research to now create these four foundational principles to then base the foundation of this program on that we're building for this project that's been my you know the main focus which has been hard because it's The lack of separation and everything, it's like usually I would work, you know, go to work, then come back in the evening and be at home. And that's where I'd work on my creative shit, you know, side projects, the websites, the fashion, the music, the podcast and, you know, whatever else is cooking up. But now it's a lot tougher than that because there's nothing that separates the two. So I don't know, you know, it's like I guess it's working on having a better routine, being able to better separate you know, schedule shit, separating your mind those times, but, man, I mean, you know how it is, like, especially now, it's just so easy to just rebel against yourself and say, what the fuck for, or fuck it, or who cares, or, you know, it's, the Pandy is a time, an easy time to give an excuse, You say that, because i would been giving myself excuses for shit, you know, sorry for all that, you know, work talk shit, it's just like, I'm doing all this work, but it's also like, there's an expectation a big one, I think, on the other end, and it's hard to do this work and try and learn these things and then not really, like, I have to be expected to know how to talk about these things in, like, some kind of professional manner, but also don't have any real time when I'm talking about these things, you know? It's a more examined words on a page and documents, but it's, it's hard to put it into context, rework the way you think to kind of include that and it's hard too because it's like in reading these reports and whatever dating back to like you know as early as like 2002 probably is the earliest one it's just like they all say the same things and it's like the, the approaches need to be different the approaches need to be this blah, blah 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 the youth need to be forefront and they all just keep saying it and then there's always just some kind of internal organizational corruption that just Happens because of lack of funding or some other just systemic withdrawal, and it's it's, nice cause it's like it always happens. It's like some compromise has to be made that compromises the moral integrity of what they're trying to do. Because you're supposed to build this program and present it and then fulfill it in a certain way, but then you you're given not enough to fulfill it in the way that's presented so then the program can't work the way it's supposed to so then everything kind of falls apart like a house of cards and then it's just people clinging to this thing that's just keeping them afloat literally it's strange and it's sad because it's in doing this research like there's so many times i had to just walk away because it's so just so it brings me down because it's like just failure after failure and the answers are keep being reiterated but the failures keep happening. It makes you wonder if it's just all by design or if it's all even fixable. But then I look at our project Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. All those moments will be lost in time like <clears throat> tears in rain time like this is like this is like this is like this is you know it's not insanely different but it's different enough and it uses enough already existing kind of ideas and models that have been proven to work and it kind of puts them within this this life cycle kind of the cycle of sustainability almost like a caterpillar where it's going to go through these different stages and hopefully develop into a cycle of you know more emergent supportive housing for youth transitionary of care a more off-site independent you know hub and spoke type model of independent more independent living and then if necessary like a co-living situation with students in a dorm style like you know apartment building to then kind of offer like a just a better avenue for secondary education and just getting more acclimated to independent life around other youth. You know, that's just, that's a pretty vague and low energy description of it, I'll be honest. It probably wasn't my best, but um, it's, you know, it's kind of the same, but it's also kind of different. So I feel like it's, if we can get our framework right and get it more, get the flow down, get the writing and wording more linear, less broken up and choppy, then this might actually be something we could probably, you know, hopefully make something happen one day especially with the support of partisans who are just a pretty dope architecture firm like it brings together kind of it brings together kind of the necessary elements that are needed for a project like this where it's like we're trying to we're trying to change outcome we're trying to alter outcomes and change the future you know what i'm saying like right now and that's you know by creating a stable ground for people who didn't really have that opportunity or don't really have the opportunity to just get an equal opportunity at growing up and you know being an adult and adulting and all of that fun cool shit no one wants to do but we have to And i think it does take you know the someone who has a keen eye on social service and what it needs or what it takes not you know these old money organizations who are kind of just stagnant in their ways and kind of just status quo with the whole thing kind of adversive to any real projects that could you know you got to take a chance on to make some real change but what, what can you do and it takes someone who's gone through the experience of what they're trying to fix or um you know alter and then s- someone who can actually who's stuff in a physical space that combined with two other elements of someone who understands financial... Who understands how to get financial support and, you know, knows the wording necessary to write to the government or get grants and support and that kind of way. Mixed with someone who knows how to write and put this kind of... I can write and I can talk, but it's like it's also... I don't know how to speak the language of these people, you know. There's a certain language of these report writers and... I spend so much time on the creative side of writing that it's almost, I feel like a betrayal of myself, you know? It makes me feel grimy when I'm, like, trying to write these things that adhere to these people. It's just the the rebel in me, the rebel without a cause, but every cause in the world wants to come out and this isn't the time for that and I know that because the change isn't going to be the change that I would try to make with my words isn't going to be made with the words it's going to be made with the project and the action taken on it it's just, you know it's hard to do it this way these ways the way they want you know, it's just play the ball play the game play it their way Uh, the work is hard I'll say that we're in it, baby I'll keep y'all as updated as I can too, you know I'm just... I just need to know how to... I just need to learn how to talk about it. How to understand this shit. How to feel... How to feel comfortable enough to actually, you know... Just talk about it. Like... It's all just... uh, A cycle of itself where it's... Just the lack of... Confidence in it because I've been so... I felt it so much, you know, where it's like I want to believe we can fix it, but at the same time, I'm like, can we? Is it fixable? Cause how it seemed from you know the perspective I was on, it was like even looking back, it just it's like everything. It just became such a business, and sadly, the ones who feel that the most, by the time we realize, it, it's it doesn't matter. It's like what we always say, baby. It's it's wars against ghosts. You got nothing to shoot, but you still got a fucking cartridge full of bullets. You get tired. Today I have a meeting. By the time this comes out, the meeting will probably be done because I'm slow-ass-shoot with my editing. Unless I sit down finally and just fucking do the damn thing. Yeah. Ow. It's like this kind of work, it's it's worthwhile. It'll lead to something dope, but also there's just so many easy distractions. That's the hardest part. Is the constant distractions, just working from home, trying to just do things. I just get stuck in my head too much in telling myself to do things instead of just doing them, you know? Since, like, you tell yourself to do something, then you tell yourself no. It's like, just do it, dude. Fuck the ask, just do the damn thing. But, time to just be easier to be lazy. I will say, though, I have been working out to get my body better. Because, man, all those things they told us when we were kids about posture and everything... Just laughed at them. And now... Now who's laughing? Because it's not me. <laughs> i just got nothing... You know, everything these days is just fucking TV shows. Like, found myself on YouTube. Like, if I wait for a new show to come out, watch it, and then just go on YouTube and watch fucking people talk about it. It's like, nothing wrong with that, you know? It's just it's so much easier to do that than it is to fucking... Like you get caught in the YouTube spiral, then you tell yourself you're gonna u- work while you watch, and then it just never really works out that way, does it? But to wrap up the talk on the project, it's it's going, yeah. Probably start writing it this week, you know. The actual framework portions of it take everything we've researched and put it into some kind of context in regards to our programming outlines and ideas, and just kind of keep the focus on just like this cycle of. Like tailored supports for youth who want to lead, who take the lead on their own kind of journey of healing and growing up and just understanding. With support from, I kind of always looked at it like a, like a buddy cop of like a social worker and a lived experience mentor kind of working together on a youth's case to kind of be able to support them in two different regards, you know what I mean? Someone who's actually lived through it and someone who's studied it, kind of, if that makes any sense. So it's not so much a, of a one-sided thing where the youth are the ones having to be the buddy cop, where it's like, you know, trying to ex- express this experience to this person that they could never really understand. They just have to kind of correlate it to something they may have be read or studied sometime, you know? So it's... I've always viewed it where it's that, and that's where the foundation of our programming lies, I think, is the focus on really not capitalizing, but, you know, utilizing this whole population of lived-experienced people who probably feel very lost in their own ways. And I feel like this is a way of creating a new cycle of just, like, healing, you know, and just a, a cycle of just mentorship and rebuilding and just subvert the whole cycle before of just neglect and um, running away and just loneliness and stigmatization you know really trying to just dissolve the systemic conditioning and kind of just rebuild these these uh, create a space where these youths can deconstruct and rebuild themselves in a way where they feel ready for this fucking crazy ass world man it's just keeping the belief and momentum alive, I guess, within myself right now. Try to believe in anything, nothing seems real, you know? Spend the first half of your life watching imaginary shit through TV screens. Now we're spending the second half of it watching what, real shit through screens? I don't know. There's just some kind of disconnect there for me in my mind somewhere where it's. I don't know. The population of the virtual space now is just wild. Especially like gaming, you know? Like, I've seen all, like, the stats and w- articles and shit saying, like, the rise in gaming this year has gone, like, insane. It's just, like, people, I think that's just a, a, pre, a pre-showing of our readiness for virtual, full virtual reality capabilities. That's all video games are, right? Like, I keep seeing this ad for Earth 2. It's, like, a virtual reality game where you can buy, it's, like, a full world. They made Earth or something, remade it, and you can go in and buy actual land with real money. So between that and renting rent space on the cloud, uh, real estate's gone full virtual, baby. It's crazy because it's like, this is kind of like, it's like we're moving into like one of those weird futures from like a 80s or 90s movie where it's like some tech stayed old, some stayed new. It's like we're just heading to where like all consumerism and anything that has, you know, some kind of capitalistic foundation is just gonna be sprung into the future where so much other shit's just gonna be Like you realize these ideas of dystopian cities of the future is just gonna be like totally class based <laughs> you know it's like poor people will still be living in like 2018 when people in 2050 are just like flying cars and shit living in the sky I don't know how I got off I don't know how I got off on that I don't know how to talk anymore I don't know I don't know much at all, but how about that new WandaVision, y'all? Pretty fucking dope. Disney Marvel coming at it hard. The show literally, literally felt like a just the worst part. I'd rather talk about this shit than what- I need to get as confident talking about this shit. I need to get as confident talking about my work as I do talking about fucking imaginary stories. <laughs> <sighs> But that WandaVision show, it's, um, you know, they really, they really found a dope way to capture, like, the feeling of, um, a dream or, like, a, like, a crazy hallucination or drug trip, you know, where it's, like, you just suddenly popped into this new life or reality or situation that you don't really, you don't remember how you got there or how it came to be, but... You just know what's important right now. And maybe that's how old sitcoms were. I don't, I don't know, but like that's how like salvia trips feel when you like, smoke some salvia and you go to the other dimension and shit. It's like you feel like you've lived this whole other life and you have all these other memories and... <laughs> memories. You have all these memories and experiences. You have all these memories and experiences and you kind of just... You go up with your mom and she's like, what, what are you doing back there? And... You don't, you don't really know because it's all just a dream from a memory. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, it's got that that vibe to it where it's, like, just weird. And then it's just got that hooky old, every episode is going to be probably covering a different decade or era of television so we're moving up from I believe it was the early 60s. The second one was like the later 60s. So, and it was kind of TV. So she was pregnant by the end. So we'll see if she's like, if by the time they get to the 90s, if the babies are going to be grown up and it's going to be more like a family style, full house, family matters type thing or what it's going to be because it's you know, it. I wrote a status on Facebook a couple of years ago about just the future of storytelling and just the idea of the multimedia storytelling and how crazy it's going to be and it's like here we are seeing it with marvel well star wars for sure for sure always been star wars they've been doing that but marvel especially with the tv show now and just the weird hints it drops in like the commercials that are in the show that basically represent like they had such weird vibes to them and each one represented like traumatic moments in uh wand's life like the bomb the stark bomb was the toaster and then the watch the Hydra watch was, you know, just your time with Strucker. <laughs> Her time with that fucking scientist guy from Hydra, you know, it's just like very on the nose with that one. But and then the whole, like, I don't know, calling like the whole th- fact that it's called Westview, I mean, I guess it goes with the whole like Pleasantville, kind of that old weird suburban town naming. But Westview sounds like a hospital or something, you know, like that's just every time they say that's what pops into my mind. So I have this weird feeling like maybe it's. The bubble she's created of this this ultra, this weird reality is like a hospital and all the people in it are patients except for, you know, Agnes, who everyone pretty sure knows. And then um, Abigail, who is the little girl from Captain Marvel, who I guess works for S.W.O.R.D. S.W.O.R.D. is like sentient weapon observation research department or something along those lines, which is that little S.W.O.R.D. symbol we keep seeing throughout the episode. And they're basically like S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D and so there's all these hints and clues all this weird shit going on especially in like the second end of the second episode when like they come out and they see this beekeeper coming out of a sewer which was wild not sure who he was you know it would be cool if he was like ultron somehow coming alive through the version of vision she created in that pocket reality and he's like because ultron exists within vision Still or something, it's like there's a piece of him within the coding that creates vision, and I don't know. I just had this weird idea, like it would be crazy if he was like somehow getting out, and then he was the beekeeper just because of the bee and all the drones. And it was a really far stretch theory, but it's probably nothing, (laughs) because he ended up having a sword logo on his back, anyways, when he turned around. But it was at that point in the episode where she just says no, and then everything just rewinds. Like I didn't really, I didn't really understand it, you know. It's like so she went back to change what they did so they don't go outside. You know, I was having a hard time understanding that part. Whenever you start time traveling and shit, that always gets complicated. Now there's been some leaks about this, the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies coming into the series at some point. So it's like, is she gonna bring him from his reality or create a projection of her brother that looks like him? It's just like, a lot of questions with this show. It's good, it's fun, it's pretty delightful you know just the silliness and just like it's cool seeing how they do the old they use a lot of old style effects and stuff like that which is kind of fun but then there are just some really weird eerie creepy moments that kind of just left me like even after the episode I'd be like walking through my apartment and I would just have like a weird I don't know how to describe it was just like a creepy black and white feeling it was just the feeling I felt it was just so weird but yeah the episode just kind of left me with that which was good But I'm excited to see how this sets up, what this sets up, because in the comics when this happened, it was, like, it was so much more convoluted, you know what I mean? Like, she, like, makes babies after Vision dies that don't exist and then has, like, a mental breakdown that, like, literally she just, like, gets rid of all of the mutants after a whisper. And then reality completely resets with no mutants. And this fucking, like, Wanda, her powers are fucking wild in the comics. Like, she... Her babies end up becoming real because she literally, like, manifests them into reality or some shit. Like, it's, she could, she could destroy all realities at once, they say. That's what they say. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't, it's, so it's almost like in the comics, she basically destroys all mutants at one point And, like, there's all these insane timeline, like, this insane plot line with her and the House of M and all that. You can look all that up. But, 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 but. He's an mental giant. He's an mental giant. But 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 it was like her whisper. It was like no more mutants. It was like something she did. But it's like what if they're going? What if they're trying to like reverse that with this? You know what I mean? Because it's like doing what Marvel has done with the Avengers thus far without having X Men is like insane. Or at least the element of mutants within the world and what that creates, like socio like you know as a representation of, like, uh, issues of race and equality and all of that. Because I heard, like, there's there's a, there's a this leak about, like, you know, they might make the Hulk president one day in the MCU, which would be insane. But then in my head, first thing, I'm just like, it's insane. Cause they can do that because there's no mutants for to create the kind of hate towards them that would be needed for that to never even be possible. You know what I mean? So to... So I feel like with WandaVision, this TV show, I feel like they might be trying to use parts of that storyline which they're using right now with her whole creating vision and this whole pocket reality thing. To maybe do the opposite of the comics instead of get rid of the mutants, maybe bring the mutants to existence in some fucked up fucking, I don't know, we're dealing with the multiverse, like... They introduced time travel in the last episode in the quantum realm. Basically saying you can go to any time or... Basically, we're going to have different times, different realities. It's going to start... They're going to blow it up to then blow it up and then bring it back down. Like in the comics with um, the most recent Secret Wars and how like all the multi... like. It's just a smart thing to do, especially like the comics, they got too crazy with all the comic book storylines, ultimate, amazing, you know, just so many different ones that they all were basically their own different realities. Like and that's what created the multiverse. So then Marvel at one point just started making it so they were like there started being all these conversions where the realities and the planets would start just smashing into each other. So then it became all these wars of the planets trying to stop each the other ones from destroying, like, destroy the other planet before it smashes into theirs and all the heroes against each other. And it has, you know, it all came down to, like, Doctor Doom was responsible for it all. And basically what happens is that all, all of the worlds get destroyed. Like, I have this one comic of um, Deadpool at that time and him and his family, he just takes his family out on a yacht and they all just die with the, with the reality. But then it, Doom creates, like, this new planet battle world and it's basically where the new secret wars happens and and then they converge that into just you know back to one kind of consistent timeline or reality where you know now we have all the spider-mans because they brought spider-man miles morales from ultimate unit like you know they found ways to put people in specific ships who then survived through the and I'm pretty sure they did a whole other reset after that. And I feel like, you know, looking at how the films are going, we're getting a huge head-dunking into the multiverse coming up with these next this next phase of Marvel. And it's going to be... It's going to be wild. It's going to get crazy and out of hand, probably. Very confusing. But it's also going to start setting up secret wars, probably, once they start putting in all these convergences or whatever they're going to do. Because it's also like they destroyed the Infinity Stones. So... We don't really know what that means yet for their reality because they were told that if you destroy them, it's not good. So you got to think about it like instead of laws, they had these stones in the reality that were, you know, basically dictating the order within their reality. Now they're gone. So maybe the Infinity Stones being destroyed is actually what's going to skyrocket the MCU into a place where it more resembles the comics. In like crazy, crazy ways, like talking like Skrull invasions, Dark Avengers. Like it feels like they're really just gonna blow it open after this because there's not gonna be these these things to abide by, these these universal galactic elements that kind of hold the universe in place. And now they're all gone, so it's like who know, you know, who knows if it's gonna mean anything. But it feels like it's probably gonna, you know turn this shit into like the wild west of fucking comic books of just interdimensional interplanetary fucking aliens and everything you know might get fucking wild but all i have to say is wandavision is a pretty good start check it out if you haven't you know it's and same with american gods that came back didn't know it was coming back surprised me such a goddamn good show god it's you know a lot of people sleeping on that one but it's fucking it's interesting i like it what it does with just the mythology of religion is just fun as fuck i think and how it brings it into the modern world enjoyable my throat's starting to get pretty scratchy you know it's, it's probably wasn't the best episode we didn't really get into too much i'm still trying to work out how to even think again in a form of conversation especially with work and those topics I have a big meeting this afternoon to go over a bunch of shit with other people in the project so wish me luck on that because i just gotta stop i don't know Just gotta relearn how to, like, what's the proper amount of thinking you're supposed to do on something, you know? It's like, I think I'm overthinking things a lot. Too much. Too much, maybe. keep them busy. That's all that matters. Gotta stop saying, but so much. Here we are. Back again going to try and get lore horrors going. I'm trying to figure out how to get this YouTube show going. It's, you know, from what I'm seeing in a lot of the shows I watch, like this whole like webcam, like newscaster premises is kind of working for people where it's just two people in their own respective places uh, zooming in or whatever into, you know, an edited suite background and record that. So I'm going to start looking into that, talk to my buddy and see if we can get our idea for this show lore horrors up in that format, you know? And it would just be a lot less editing, which would be nice. Let's just say that. Other than that, you know, we got the music out there, Dime Bad Crew, on all music platforms at Dime Bad Crew on Instagram. DimeBedCrew.com as well. Keep it up. Keep up with it. <laughs> uh, check out the Upcycle Fashion Line, Underbelly Society, at Underbelly Society, UnderbellySociety.com. dot uh, Honestly, I don't remember shit anymore. Like, uh get to remember and remembering to forget you know it's fuck you can follow me at Nicholas Ridiculous on Instagram www.nicholasridiculous.ca or <laughs> yeah you know we're just fucking keeping busy I guess <laughs> it's you know, you know we're all in the same bucket right now so just know if you're having a tough time we all kind of are so you're not alone If that helps at all. (laughs) Hey, feeling shitty? (laughs) Sam. Don't know what else to offer anymore. I don't know. And yo, get back on track. If you or anyone you know wants to sit down over Zoom or whatever the fuck and have a conversation about your experience with systemic oppression or growing up in a system that didn't really do their part then hit me up at you can hit me up on my instagram and it goes ridiculous or you can email us at circus at gmail.com you know we can set something up or get involved or whatever you want to do it's just you know i've been out here on this boat just screaming into this microphone looking for someone no <sighs> It's hard stuff to talk about, but it's easier together. Let me put some cheese on it. It's easier together. It's easier gather. <laughs> Worst outro ever, y'all. You got the links. Hit it up. If you want to get involved, hit me up. You know what it is. And you better watch your step out there. Why? Because life's a goddamn trip. Shit. Peace. Like you, you, act know, act you know mental right? disturbances. The we'll and to and about this guy probably taken away.